0: You know, it's fascinating. People are are interested in real estate investing or real estate market in general, but it's such a broad topic. I mean, we could be talking real estate investment trusts. Uh, We could obviously be talking residential, uh, commercial, warehouses, shopping malls. You know, it's a huge industry and it's not going anywhere. But you know what? This is a time for expertise. When you get a raging bull market like we had for a few years, I come on, it's easy. Everyone's a genius. But now times are far more uncertain. With some areas looking very interesting for investors, but others are dangerous. That's why I'm thrilled to have with me Vision Capital's Jeff Olin. He's the founder there, uh, co portfolio manager. They've had a terrific track record. Jeff, thanks for finding a time.
1: Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Uh,
0: Let's start with this. Uh, You know, as I just listed, there's this whole group of areas. There's no such thing as real estate. There's this component, this component, this component, which Vision Capital obviously does a great deal of work in. But give me an an idea, just a broad brush of where we are in these various sectors. I mean, which ones are most dangerous? Which ones are most interesting? That kind of thing for you. Certainly.
1: Um, We are fortunate that our strategy employs a long and short strategy. So to the heart of your question, uh, we're not here to be bulls, as you will, in real estate. Um, and so, you know, today, clearly everybody now understands uh, that office is a fairly challenging place to be. Uh, for us, this isn't new. I mean, we saw a 20-year secular decline in demand before the pandemic between 2000 and 2020. I mean, the lawyers don't have law libraries anymore. Deloitte built new buildings in Toronto, Montreal. Uh, They went from 300 square feet replay to 160 square feet replay. So that was already going on before the pandemic. So office is a challenge sector for sure. Uh, Industrial has been a great sector. It's driven by some secular changes. E-commerce is one. Uh, Reshoring, uh, return to manufacturing to North America is another uh, the pandemic showed us that just-in-time supply chain was maybe a dodo bird, and we need to talk about just-in-case inventory management. So industrial is good. We like single-family rental homes. Uh, when it, you're challenged because of mortgage rates at 7% to buy a home in the United States, you got to put a roof over your family head somewhere, um, and that's a sector we like. Uh, we hesitant on malls, but we like necessity-based retail, grocery and pharmacy-anchored retail, irrespective of recessionary times, you still have to eat and you still have to buy drugs. And so there's quite a bifurcation uh, among sectors, uh, which frankly is a market that we prefer. I mean, to your introductory comments, when a rising tide is lifting all boats, it's harder for guys like us to differentiate ourselves because we're long, short fund and we don't use leverage. But now, when there's volatility and variability, stock picking matters more.
0: And, and I want to emphasize that, that what's so unique about Vision is that you've done all of your work for all of these years, never had a losing year, by the way, but all of these years you've done it in the stock market because the stock market can provide, uh, you know, huge discounts at times. You've taken advantage of that and there's other things it provides and I'll get to that in a bit about mergers and acquisitions, but uh, just in that point alone, I mean, sometimes the stock market throws the baby out with the bathwater. You know, it's just, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and quality things get uh, drawn down. Of course, that's what I'm interested in. That's what people should be interested in. And that's what you're looking for. Where are we at in that kind of a cycle? I mean, that the overall market been dominated by, you know, it's certainly recovered, but been dominated by so few stocks. Are there still some, are you seeing they're sort of licking your chops going, this is, there's some values out here? yeah i mean listen over
1: the last two to meshing the first two questions if you look at the prior 20 years and you looked at the difference in performance between the best performing REIT quartile and the worst performing REIT quartile the average differential was 49 percent. so if there was ever a sector that seemed to warrant a more active approach real estate would be amongst it but in the first six months of 2022 that differential went to 15%. Everything was getting painted with the yeah. same brush. And as we touched on, they're not the same. And so the question, of course, is what was going to change it? And we posited at that juncture two things, one of two or two of two things. The first is earnings. They're not the same. And when you started to see cash flow come in the third quarter last year, and you know office stocks, another 1% decline in occupancy, 15% decline in net effective rents. And the single-family rental home guy, 15% on renewals, they're not the same. And the second thing um, is m uh, the difference between real estate and any other asset class, is the private market dwarfs the public market, and there's an arbitrage between the two. So today, I mean, you go back to the fourth quarter last year, and you had the REIT index down 28%. Whereas private REITs, and it was Blackstone's REIT that got all the headlines, but it wasn't just Blackstone, it was Blackstone, it was Starwood, it was Schroeder's, it was KKR, uh, names up in Canada. They were reporting up 13% NAV because they were self-reporting based on repraisals that were tough to get done and because transactions weren't happy. Does that make any sense, a 41% gap? It does not make any sense to have a premium for illiquidity. Does that make any sense? It makes no sense. And the question is, which one was right? And we say both. Mm. In some sectors, the stock market got it right. Office stocks have been crushed. So we've covered a lot of our shorts in office uh, because, it, you know, 75 80% down in some of these stocks. In other sectors, industrial, the stock market got it wrong.
0: And and let me just reemphasize something because it comes by quickly. Uh, The the thing that Vision has had, I think, is a tremendous advantage over the years is that you can play the stock market for stocks to go down or to go up. So you've had many big successes. I know I remember, you know, when the oil fallout was coming in mid you know, 214, 215, 216, you know, you did very, very well saying, hey, these, uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that will go down in this market, the kind of real estate that will go down. And, you know, so it's a, a tough time. But I think just to reemphasize for people, this is a long and a short fund. So let me come back to uh, the REITs that, you know, again, it comes by quickly. My goodness, that's a differentiation between REITs. I mean, that's incredible. Like in other words, that's the, maybe the most uh, straightforward way of saying some are good and some just are crap. You know, And then, of course, your job with your team is to identify which ones have provided good value as the market sold off everything. And so let's come back to that market for a second. When you're looking at the quality REIT side, what kind of things are you looking for in the future? I mean, what kind of returns are we sort of able to achieve? You feel confident about those returns, et cetera.
1: Well, firstly, you know, we say in terms of the outlook, we say that our blood is supply and demand. Some of the cliches you hear in real estate, location, 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 we say is nonsense. I mean, you can have the best located office building, as you touched on, in downtown Calgary. How's that been going for you? Not so good. Um, So it's always supply and demand. Interest rates are a bit of a misnomer. Sure, they're important to real estate. But supply and demand tr- uh, in, uh, can trump interest rates, as we saw, you know, in some of the takeovers uh, where government of Singapore showed up in Canada.
0: Yes. Last
1: November in the worst credit environment since 2008 in bid uh, and bought one of our core holdings called Summit Industrial REIT, a six billion dollar enterprise REIT at a 33 percent premium to where it was trading at in the stock market. And by the way, a 20 percent premium to their own IFRS value and probably within three percent of what I highlighted on your show and when we highlighted this a single best MA candidate. So
0: Yeah, yeah allow me to just interrupt you at that point, Jeff, because you did it more than one time you said you've talked about Summit rich several times on money talks which we appreciate but you talked to it about you're also a candidate being being taken over so i want to just look at that god i mean a terrible investment environment the market had just topped out and had a tremendous decline coming in through november it started you know you know bottoming out at that point and it was a 33 percent plus premium I just want to pat you on the back for that. Those are the kinds of things I like as an investor. Just kidding. No, I mean, it went spectacularly well. But that was your top recommendation on Money Talks. Yeah, I mean, it it was something we were very active on.
1: Uh, We toured every property. They were in Toronto and Montreal, probably the two best industrial markets on the planet. Vacancy rates were 1%, very high quality, logistics space. And it was a sector where a cap rate which is the unlevered return on real estate, which is a common moniker for real estate valuations, a cap rate was meaningless. When you had a 60% gap between the in-place rents and market rents, who cares about the one-year unlevered return or a cap rate? You must use a discounted cash flow or an IR calculation to ascertain that value. Which is precisely obviously what the Governor of Singapore pension plan did. And if you read the circular, Blackstone came in, I think, number two in the bidding. And this is the kind of work that we do and they do to highlight why, in that kind of environment, it was compelling and why the stock market had this wrong.
0: But your point also about it's not so simplistic in this, in these ver- variety of types of. Uh, Real estate, uh, you know, beyond just residential or, or let's say, single-family homes. Actually, you know, uh, where it's just hey, oh, the interest rates are X. This is going to happen. I mean, there's many more, many more variables, you know, at play there. And I want to come back to that differentiation. So, give me an idea of what the top REITs you're looking at do.
1: So, what we're looking at, we like, uh, as I mentioned, single-family rental homes, homes in the Sunbelt, um they're cheaper to rent per square foot than an apartment. You get a backyard, you get a driveway. It's typically families to choose to locate there based in a local school district. Big deal in the United States. Limited new supply. And now with, as I say, mortgage costs 7%, uh, it's tough to buy a house. So that's a defensive place. We like manufactured housing communities, a very misunderstood sector. This sector's never had 12 months of declining net operating income ever including the great recession it typically trades as a result of superior fundamentals limited new supply at a big premium to net asset value we've loved the fundamentals but that's not what we do at vision we don't want to buy at a premium we want to buy at a discount well in june 2022 in november 2022 in september 2023 you can buy into that sector at a discount to NetAcebo, superior fundamentals at a discount. That's what we like. We continue to like industrial for those secular themes I touched on. Uh, We like necessity-based grocery store anchored retail, Uh, not malls, but necessity-based retail is a sector we like. And we're shying away. Our biggest short position today is US healthcare, Um, and particularly nursing homes. One of the differences between Canada, United States, Canada, you see owner operators, the United States, you see folks that own the real estate, the REITs own the real estate, and they lease the properties to operators. Well, those operators are having a hard time generating enough cash flow to pay their rent. Wow. The stocks are underwriting as if an occupancy was back to 2019. The stocks are underwriting margins. Well, it's tough to get labor to come back. It's expensive to get it back when it does. And because of the shortage... They're using agency labor, which costs four times as much. So we think this stock, this sector, in terms of valuation, has really got ahead of itself.
0: Yeah, the fascinating, as I say, when the market. Doesn't match, and of course that's how you've made a living <laughs> identifying these situations, but it is fascinating to see the market and the asset value reflected in stock prices just don't match the reality of the world. Like if you broke that company up and sold all of its real estate, it would be worth significantly more than the stock is allowing for. And it could be, you know, I mean, it's rare that it's actually the other way around, but significantly more. And and that's why I'm so interested in this particular environment. Where, as I say, we get deceived because, you know, the, the stock market rise has been dominated by, you know, several in the tech, you know, whatever, the magnificent seven in the tech sector, whatever cliche I've got. But, you know, that's why I was interested in ch- getting a chance to talk with you to see, in fact, you know, I personally prefer to buy when the crowd isn't outside the door, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and I want it. When, and, and you look historically, that is just so consistent, you know, that the, I mean- for values. We've
1: had 20 takeovers in our holdings in 15 years, and you look today, the latest statistic from Prequin is there's $344 billion of dry powder sitting with pension funds and endowment funds that have a tough time, even with higher interest rates, getting a inflation-adjusted real return on bonds, and they're increasing their weights from real estate from 5 to 10% to 15 to 20%. Private equity funds, fully funded in cash. The Blackstones, the Brookfields, $344 billion looking to buy properties. That's a great backdrop for REITs. We'd rather not compete with Blackstone, thank you very much. We'd rather sell to Blackstone, which we participated in three times in the past five years. In fact, Blackstone figured it out. They have bought 50 REITs since they launched the real estate group. Between December 2021 and June 2022, they bought five REITs. And so, you know, one of our uh, advisors at uh, leading U.S. firm J.P. Morgan called us up in in, uh, in last quarter and said, "You guys are kind of like the farm team for for uh, Blackstone." <laughs> I think it's a compliment.
0: <laughs> I think it is too. But uh, again, it's it's a case of you know the other thing we get a little hung up on the short term uh, headlines. You know, I mean that's maybe by nature. We do it in all sorts of markets and in other areas. But again, uh, what time horizon do you use when you look at a property, you see it's undervalued, you go into the market, you take advantage of it. What's your time frame?
1: We're longer term investors. I mean, we might have liquidity in a day, but the themes we focus on are driven by supply and demand fundamentals uh, that take time to work out. So, yeah. I mean you mentioned our short in office, this was driven exactly by supply and demand. Too many uh, building, new buildings being built at the same time demand was diminishing. And uh, so we use supply and demand to establish forward looking models of net asset value. What is the real estate worth underlying probably traded entities? And our themes, typically our core holdings, will have you? You've seen it. Summit REIT. How many times did I mention it Uh, before it was bought by government Singapore? Uh, they take time to work out our core holdings 18 to 24 months or longer.
0: Uh, let's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to finish without uh, getting you to give me an example of what's interesting you now. You know, I always put you on the spot that way, but I appreciate you sharing. And, and as you said, Summit REIT was one of those. Dream REIT was another one of those. You know, uh, so tell me just what's grabbed your attention right now.
1: I mean, we love
0: something called First
1: Capital REIT. It's a $3 billion market cap REIT. It's in the grocery necessity-based area. We've said publicly we think this is the best grocery-anchored portfolio, necessity-based retail portfolio in the world. That's a big statement. Yes. Such a bold statement. One is in Canada, not in the United States. We have less, less square feet per capita. It's in six major urban centers only, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. The stock's trading at a 40% discount to net asset value based on their IFRS valuation, which we agree with. Um, And you get a 6% dividend while you wait for the best portfolio in the planet. So that's a name we like a lot. There's been activism in the name uh, last year. We were quietly behind the scenes trying to be constructive in that regard. There's been uh, some board refreshment there. And we're hopeful that's the beginning of the story and some of this value is going to be covered. So that's a great name for your audience. I mentioned manufactured housing communities. We like Sun Communities, which is in that space. Again, 20% discount to NAV. You're talking about a $15 billion U.S. market cap stock. We like Boardwalk REIT in Canada. We're shying away from apartments, uh, but not Boardwalk REIT uh, because it's in Alberta. Uh, there's no rent controls and huge population migration to Alberta. Three and a half billion dollar market cap cheap. Had a great run. We've talked about in the past on your show. We still see about an $80 net asset value. The stock's below 70. Industrial, we like two names, Dream Industrial, Reading Canada. Uh, 24% discount on net asset value. DIR is its symbol. 5.1% yield. Four billion dollar market cap. And in the U.S., we like first industrial REIT, uh, which is a seven billion dollar market cap. We think 21 percent discount on the New York Stock Exchange for first industrial REIT. Control is in the market of that great management, great development pipeline, 50 percent discount. Sorry, not discount gap. Between in place rents and market rents, they got three to five year visibility on how they're going to generate cash flow growth there. So, those are some good names for your audience.
0: I'll add one more. Of course, uh, all of that incorporated in the Vision Alternative Income Fund. Uh, which you can go to visioncap.ca to get more details on. But that's where people are putting, uh, you know, some of these suggestions into their RSP. I mean, they take it in the Vision Alternative Income Fund uh, in the RRSP. Uh, you know, as usual, Jeff, a fabulous job. I could listen all day. Uh, great stuff. So knowledgeable. But uh, thank you for sharing. And, again, uh, the Vision Alternative Income Fund uh, is what I'm talking about. And you can just go to visioncap, uh, uh, vision.ca. Great stuff, Jeff. Nice to see you. Thanks very much.